the third win against the top ten, and the Orange had them all the way. They didn't look into your heart. They didn't look into your heart. They didn't look into my heart. Three for the win battle. Bang! Boom! As the Orange do it again, the cardiac juice comes through on the road one more time. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Seth Goldberg. I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Monday edition of Orange Nation. We're brought to you in part by Duntire. 315-437-7644 is the number if you'd like to get involved. Just one guest lined up for today, our good friend Floyd Little. The Hall of Famer joins us as he does every Monday at 1 o'clock. We'll get Floyd's thoughts on, uh, on what we saw Saturday down in Miami, the Orange once again going on the road against a very good team. The Orange once again coming up one possession short, a 27-19 loss uh, on the road at Miami. Your phone calls welcome at any time as we're going to talk SU football uh, for the entire first hour. We'll get to the Yankees baseball and you know the Astros moving on to the World Series, what this means for Joe Girardi, what does this mean for the, the young core moving forward. We'll talk some baseball, we'll talk some NFL, fell in hour number two, but I want to make hour number one completely uh, SU football related. And so with that in mind, Seth, we look at this game and you look at the stat sheet. It's a head scratcher, much like the week before. You look at the Clemson game and you say, how in the world did Syracuse pull off an upset, a game that they were underdogs by 23 points? You know, no big turnovers, big plays by special teams. It was just a case, really, of the of, of Syracuse going out and beating the second-ranked team in the country. Much the same thing. You look at this stat sheet. Syracuse loses the turnover battle, minus three. The defense did not force a turnover. The only Miami turnover was was when Eric Dungy ripped the ball out of the did, arms of Demetrius Jackson right after Eric an interception. The, did Eric get the boxing gloves for that? He should have. I mean, he, that, he didn't because he didn't immediately come to the sidelines because he plays offense right. and he's still out on the right. field. Um, that was the only turnover for for Miami. So the the defense did not force a turnover, and you would think in a game that your quarterback had his worst game of the season from a passing perspective. Your two receivers that are number one and number three in the country in receptions, Steve Ishmael and Irv Phillips, they had arguably their worst game of the season. And Steve was banged up. And, you know, I mean, Miami's good. And, and defensively, they were able to, to stay with the receivers. But they didn't really do much uh, on the offensive end. So Irv, Ish, and Dungy have off games. I think we would all agree. Off games. Um Somehow they're in that game. Somehow they're, it's a it's a one-possession game. If Rodney Williams picks off the pass in the fourth quarter, now you're down one. Cole Murphy, who was fantastic, four for four on field goals. You just need a Cole Murphy field goal, you win the game. Even still, next play, Travis Homer scores. You still have a chance down eight to go down and, and tie the game. It, it's, it's head-scratching in that regard. But this team... You know, it sounds like a cliche to, to say, you know, they show a lot of fight and they play to the final whistle and, and so on and so forth. This team shows a lot of fight. Defensively, yes. they played very well. Eric Dungy, as poor as he was through the air, 13 for 41 passing, four picks, 137 through the air, no touchdowns. I mean, his his rushing ability had 100 yards on the ground. He, you know, basically uh, drop kicked a guy in the face uh, as he tried to twice. Uh, twice. Um, I mean, he's fearless. And we'll hear from Dino Babers on Eric Dungy as the show moves along. He showed um, a lot of heart and guts. The kid's and a Whatever you want to. The call kid's it. a warrior, and the team feeds off that. Like they they see that, and and you could talk about the the entire team showing guts and. 
and you know showing that fight and and playing with fire for for the entire sixty minutes. Again, the stats say this should have been a three touchdown loss on the road against the top ten team, but somehow they they keep it close and they they darn near pulled it off, Seth. Yeah, and if you look at what Eric Dungey did, you know we're talking about him fighting and and being a warrior and and the heart and the fight and whatever it may be. Uh, even with sack yardage, he had a hundred yards rushing. You know, he 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 ran. He did not throw the ball effectively, but he ran the ball effectively. And Dante Strickland ran the ball well, and they were able to get yards on the ground. Um, I, I'm I'm just I'm amazed that this team was in this game. I I, I am surprised. I am I, I can't believe it. And it, it's one of those games again that we look at where like. Amazingly, the the offense costs the team a win, right? I, I mean, I, I never would have thought coming into this year that the offense would have been the down unit and the, the defense would have been so great. But again, I thought the defense played really, really well. Uh, oddly enough, they got to that they broke that twenty four point mark, uh, which we had talked about on Friday's show of if they allow more than twenty four points, they're going to lose, and that was the case. Um, but it was another one of those games that you look at this year where, you know, SU had a shot and the offense didn't deliver. And it's happened a lot of times already this season where the offense just could not deliver and it happened again on Saturday. Can, can I bring something up in regards to that? So I, I know everybody looks at those games and says, not so much Middle Tennessee, okay? And I know that, that the SU offense was not great against Middle Tennessee. So so that one aside, let's take the three that are on the road, LSU, NC State, sure. and, and Miami. And, and really, it's you point to the first half of all those games, yes, right? absolutely. Well, the Miami game, even the second half. Offense they scored better. one it, touchdown. Right, uh, offense was like better they, in the second half than yeah, the first. I mean, they I had mean, three points at halftime on Saturday. It's not Saturday. like they did anything great in the second half. Like, they were just better than the first. Can, the I, first can I raise a terrible. possible hypothesis sure. on that? They're playing really good teams on the road? That's part of it. But in terms of the quote-unquote slow start, is it possible that they're playing really good teams on the road, so that's the first part of it. But that, but the, the really good teams are fresh in the first half, and so that maybe it's a little more difficult to move the ball against a really, really good, talented defense. And then as the the plays start to kick in and they start to add up, and you get to seventy five and eighty and eighty five. Syracuse ran ninety three plays on Saturday. Is it possible that the Plays start to add up, and the opposing defenses get oh, tired and worn down, and obviously that helps the Syracuse offense. So, but it didn't look like that necessarily on Saturday. It did at times. Oh, Miami and then you, got worn down oh, in the second I, half. Yes, yes. And then and then you get something like the last drive of the game where Miami looks fresh and good, and, and your offense can't do anything. You know, so it's like yeah, Miami definitely got worn down, uh, and the offense was still ineffective. Uh, you know, that last drive of the game, they get to midfield and they stall out. But again, my point is, you're going up, we're, we're talking specifically at LSU, at NC State, at Miami, quote-unquote sure. slow starts. I just wonder how much of it is the opposing team has four and five star guys across the board, they're fresh, they're at home, they're feeding off the crowd, they've got that energy, and they play well in the first half, and then as Syracuse continues to do its thing, Maybe they, you know, the, they slow down a little bit, and the offense gets into high gear, and then the momentum shifts, and and now you, you know you've got the opponent where you want them. Again, ninety three plays in that heat, it's going to wear anyone down. Both teams were exhausted. I mean, let's face it. I mean, Eric Dungy gave everything he had, and and the you know the SU offense was was exhausted as well. But 
when they had that many plays, it certainly helps the offense. I think as the game moves along. So I guess my point is, I don't know how much of it is, you know, slow starts as it is everything I just mentioned on the road against a good team that's fresh, feeding off the crowd. And and then as the game wears on, you kind of settle in, and, and then you're able to do things that you normally do. Sure, but then why why the slow start in the middle Tennessee State game? You know why why and you know you well, say again against, a lot of emotions involved in that sure. one. And again, you had the opposing team feeding off the emotion of their you know the former coach coming back to town. And I mean there were there were some intangibles in that game. I I, I set that one aside because it was so early because it was everything about that game was just strange. It, it, it just it it doesn't fit with these the, the narrative of that game does not fit with the other seven that we've seen. You know, you said before the show, you said if not for, you know, if the offense had played better in the four losses, who knows what their record could be? And you're right. I kind of eliminate that one Middle Tennessee State game. It was just, it was strange for a lot of reasons. But you look at the other three, and the common thread is yes, they've gotten off the slow starts on the road. They eventually come around, they make it close, and then they just don't quite have enough. You know, they need a play or two at the end. If Rodney Williams picks off that pass. It's a totally different game. It's, it, right, Absolutely. It's a, it's a different scenario, it's a different strategy. They just need a field goal to win. Um, but he doesn't, drops it, and I'm not blaming Rodney Williams, but that's no, a, that's a play that's plenty sticks. of other blame to go around. And that's right. a play that just sticks out to you that, you know, if that one play had gone different. You know, now it's, you know, now who knows? Um, much like you look at the LSU game and you say, well, if they hadn't done that, you know, whatever it was, the the specialty kick that I guess right. they called it afterwards, you know, if they just kicked it away kicked and, let it defense, and let the defense you know, go to work, then maybe, maybe the game plays itself out differently. But again, that's what that's what we do on Mondays. We can look back and second guess certain things. So again, not placing this loss on the defense at all. Um, you know, if Eric Dungy doesn't throw four picks in the first half, maybe it's a different outcome. I get that. I, I'm just saying we've seen this scenario play itself out almost you know, to a T, three times now on the road at LSU, NC State, Miami. So I kind of take that Middle Tennessee State game out. I don't know why they got off to a slow start that day. Emotions were running high. They they looked lackadaisical in the first half, flat, whatever word you want to use to describe it, in that Middle Tennessee State game. I don't think that's the case in these other ones. They weren't flat against LSU or NC State or Miami. It's just a case of they're, they're on the road going up against really good teams. And then, you know, once the play started to add up, I, I think that they were able to do a little bit more on offense because the, the opposing defense wore down. That's my hypothesis. I mean, I think it's a combination of they were flat at the beginning and the defenses were fresh. I, I you think thought they it, were flat against yes, Miami? Yes. How could you be flat against the number I eight did, team in I the country? I don't know. I don't know. I, that's what I'm. That's what I'm searching for. I, I don't know how they could come out flat in a road game against the top the ten offense? team. I mean, the defense yes. played no, very well. I thought well the defense in the first was half. great. I thought the offense fell flat right off the bat. I, I think that the offense, you know, to an extent, fell flat at the start of the LSU game. I think that the offense has come out flat multiple times this season, and I'm trying to figure out why. Like, I don't think that it's simply they have really good guys who are feeding off of their home crowd. I think that's part of it. I don't simply think that the success late in games is the other team is tired, because I think that doesn't give Syracuse uh, and the talent level enough credit, I I guess. I I think that it's a combination, right? Yeah, they're they're tired. But yeah, Syracuse has some legit talent. Oh, I didn't and say they didn't no, have talent. I'm, I'm just not saying, saying that you didn't. We've seen a I, common thread through these three games. So what? What can you? I don't how know. can you explain it? I, I can't. That's what I'm. I'm trying to search for this explanation. Like I, I can't explain why Syracuse has come out slow and st- and and finished strong, other than what you said. But I, I, fi- I it feels like it's more than that, right? Like it, it feels well, like there's more to it than 
They st- they start slowly because Miami's guys are better, and then Miami's guys get tired, and Syracuse can do some stuff. Like, I also I think, that think it's a little it comes down to coaching, and I think that you're able to make adjustments. You know, you hear about coaches saying it's a chess match during a game, right. and so what might not be working, they figure out what is working to some degree, and they go to that a little bit more. Um, I, I think that that's certainly part of it as well. I mean, as the game develops, and and these are these are long games. When you have that many plays, you can see what works, what doesn't work. Um, you know, obviously the the run game was working. They they figured out something and and, and figured out how to exploit. It. I mean, we saw Dante Strickland with he three of his yardage. best runs yeah. all year, just you know, right up the middle and and just you know hit the hole and hit it hard and you know gashed the the Canes defense for twenty thirty yards. He, he did that three times in yeah. the game, and he went for over a hundred uh, for the first time this season. Eric Dungy, as you mentioned, went for over a uh, hundred yards, and then if, when you subtract the sack yardage, ended up right at a hundred. First time Syracuse, by the way, has had two one hundred yard rushers in the same game in in three years, uh, and Dungy had some big runs. So. Obviously, uh, Syracuse figured out something to exploit with that Miami defense. The receivers weren't getting open, and that's a credit to the Miami defensive backs. I think some of sure. it had to do with the slippery field and it being natural grass, and, and the, the Miami defenders were, were locked on Irv Phillips and Steve Ishmael. Ishmael couldn't get any separation. Irv couldn't get open. When Irv was open, Dungy was missing him. Uh, yeah, it, it was a, a weird game. It was a tough game for, for the offense to do anything. Um, I thought that the coverage that Miami played on Ishmael was amazing. I thought that they covered him really well. Uh, I don't know how many teams are going to be able to do that over the rest of the season. I don't think anybody could over the first seven weeks of the year. Uh, you know, it takes a certain talent, and I, I know that Syrac- Syracuse and Steve Ishmael has gone up against some pretty good and pretty talented corners. Nobody was able to do it up until this week, so I I, I would presume that when they hit it back hit the field again in, in two weeks, I, I would presume that he goes back to being Steve Ishmael and having some good games. Uh, but the the coverage and the plan against him this weekend was in- incredible. All right, so what do we think about this game? Syracuse 4-4 four and four for the second straight year. Obviously, it goes without saying, I think everyone feels differently about this team and this 4-4 four and four than last year's team and that 4-4. Four and four. We want to hear from you. We're talking SU football this entire first hour. Phone lines open, 315-437-7644. We need to take our first time out. We are back after this on ESPN Radio. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Stephen Seth, back with you on a Monday edition of Orange Nation. Hall of Famer Floyd Little set to join us at 1 o'clock. Your phone calls welcome at any time. 315-437-7644. So, Seth, through eight games, Syracuse 4-4, four and four, just like last year. You look ahead to the final four games, two on the road, two at home, just like last year. The next one up is on the road against one of the the ACC's big boys in Florida State, just like last year. It was Clemson. Uh, Last year, Syracuse did not win a game down the stretch in the month of November, as we know. Uh, Outscored 210-95 to against Clemson, NC State, uh, Florida State, and Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here. That is not happening this year. No. Look, I said last week I think they'll win three. The rest of the way, I still think they'll win three the rest of the way. Uh, I'm not going to – I didn't want to change expectations after uh, – or I should say I, I thought they would win two, maybe three the rest of the way 
Uh, I didn't want to change expectations after the Clemson game, and I don't want to change expectations after this. I, I mean, I think that it'll still be the case, right? I, I mean, I'm not going to jump up and say, oh, I thought they were going to win six games at the beginning of the year. I thought they were going to win six games after Clemson, but, man, they look terrible, and they're not going to win a game the rest of the way. Like, I, I, I think they'll still win two or three the rest of this season, finish with six or seven, and head to a bowl game. Dino Babers was asked afterwards about the differences from last year to this year and, and kind of to assess uh, the state of, of where this particular team is uh, with eight games down and four to go. Between Ish and Irv, uh, Strickland getting 100 yards rushing for the very first time versus a, a very, very good defense. Uh, and our quarterback with the way our offensive line is gelling, and then you put that with the defense. And, oh, yeah, did you see the field goal kicker today? So there's a, there's a lot of positives. It's just it's hard to swallow when you don't win. So we'll go back. It's break. We're 4-4. Four and four. we got the toughest schedule in the country, and we're 4-4. Four and four. And then guess what? You know, we got two more on the road and two more at home in the Loud House. And I guarantee you we're going to be ready to play those four games. And he was asked a follow-up question about, again, the difference from last year to this year. And the first thing out of his mouth was, well, our quarterback is still standing. Our right. quarterback's healthy. And that was not the case a year ago. Eric Dungy Technically still standing. was knocked out during the, the first half of that Clemson game, did not play the rest of the season, as we all know. And it was, it was a disaster on both sides of the ball. Again, I mean, the Syracuse defense gave up 210 points over the course of those last four games. That, that didn't have uh, much to do with Eric Dungy, although I guess maybe the defense was out there more because the offense was ineffective moving the football. Uh, but it, this team has gotten better really in all three phases, certainly on defense. Uh, the offense, you know, while it sputters at times, I, I feel like it's it's more fluid, it's more efficient this year. Uh, you know, no Amba, and he had that that big play ability, and we, we haven't necessarily seen that, a guy who can, you know, take it to the house from 75 yards away. Um, but th- I think this year's offense is, is more fluid, more efficient. There are more um, dimensions to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, more playmakers, everybody's more comfortable. And, and certainly I think special teams has gotten better as well. And, and you know, just look at, at, again, what Cole Murphy did. Sterling Hoffrichter has been fantastic by and large all season long. Uh, the, the kick return uh, coverage team, I think, has done a very good job. Um, so it, really all three phases this team has improved. But, you know, Dino's right. The biggest difference is through eight games – Although I guess technically through eight games, Dungy was was still healthy last year. He got hurt in the ninth game, but the quarterback is still standing. And if we see Dungy for twelve slash thirteen games this year, um, yeah, the the team should look a lot better because he's he's a really good quarterback. And we continue to see that week in and week out. But it, this is much more than him just being a system guy. He goes out there and you know he finds ways. Even a day that he didn't have it. And, you know, four interceptions and did not play well by his standards. He kept him in the game with yes. everything else he did. Yes, he absolutely did. And and going down the stretch here, he's going to be the better quarterback in three of the four games. And in the only one he's not going to be the better quarterback, that guy won the Heisman last year. No no shame in not being as good as him. And the rest uh, of his team isn't as good as right, last year. Right. The rest of his team is not as good as last year. And I would put... this. We were talking about the offensive line. Syracuse's offensive line is significantly better than Louisville's offensive line. Like, that just gives you some perspective on where Louisville's at right now. Uh, they've got some major issues, which is why they're struggling. But, you know, is he better than James Blackman? Yeah, I think so. You know, is he better than, than Boston College and Wake Forest quarterbacks? Yeah, I think so. Um, so, I, I think that as long as you've got that going for you, you're in a good spot. 
And as long as you've got that going for you in football, you can win any game that you're on the field. If you if you've got the better quarterback, there's no reason why you can't win those games. Do you think Syrac- Syracuse has had the better quarterback in eleven of the twelve games? I mean, Kelly Bryant was Kelly not, Bryant was hurt, right? He was hurt. Um, I, 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 I Ryan Finley's think, been terrific, but is he better? I don't than think Eric so. Dungy? I still think that Eric Dungey is a better quarterback than Malik Rozier. Yeah, I, you know he played terrible. That was game. my point. But he had a he is a better quarterback. Yeah, I, I yeah. think about that for a second. I don't think I don't think that's a stretch to say that they've had the better quarterback in eleven of the twelve. They had or will or have will the have, better right. quarterback in eleven of twelve games this year. I don't think that's a stretch. Assuming Eric Dungey's right. out there. Assuming he's out there. Yeah, that's uh, why I find it funny. Like like Saturday, Eric Dungey throws four interceptions in the first half, and people on Twitter are like, "Should we bench Dungey?" No, no, you wait, shouldn't wait, bench Dungey. Wait, 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 wait. There that were was, suggestions. That was a thing. There, there were some suggestions. No, you shouldn't bench him. <laughs> I didn't see that. I'm okay. glad I didn't see yeah. that. That that was I saw that. Was that was it a joke? I I hope so. Okay, I hope so. That's alarming. Uh, let's hear from Eric Dungy after the game. Uh, he was asked same question: the difference between last year to this year. I mean, I think it's just the guys, um, and you know, it's year two of Coach Babers. Last year was year one. Um, I think a lot of the guys are trying to buy in. And, see the games I mean last year we were losing games by a large margin and now we're you know that's gratifying a loss but against some of the top teams in the nation Um, so I think a lot of the guys I mean I hope they see you know what we can be and what we're gonna be yeah it's okay to say we're playing these teams closer I know that they're trained to say you know we're not satisfied because we lost like it's okay to say, you know, we came within a touchdown of the eighth-ranked team in the country on the road. It's okay to say, you know, we went down to LSU and we're one play away from winning that game and that we take some satisfaction. I realize you don't want to be completely satisfied, but yes, that is a big step in the right direction. It is not going to change overnight. So, yeah, I think go ahead. Feel good about the fact that that you are improving in all three phases. And, and while the seniors, their time is running out and, and they're not going to be able to see this thing through, so to speak, you know, they got that great win over Clemson and they're starting to turn the tide. For these guys who are coming back, for Eric Dungy, who's about to come back for his senior year, uh, third year in this offense, I think it's okay to be excited about what, what could transpire over the course of the next 18 games sure. if you go to a bowl game both years. Sure. I, I think that's fair. And I think that. Um... I think that, like you said, you shouldn't get too down on losing that game Saturday. And can we be honest and say probably the worst game you've played under Dino Babers? For Dungy in particular? No, just in, in shit. No. That, that, or offensively? That was uh, one of the worst. That was one of the worst performances they've had over the last year and a half. Uh, I mean, they, 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 you know, right? they didn't score against Clemson last year. I mean, okay. But, uh, Okay, so it's up there with that Nine game? Nine points at Wake Forest in a hurricane. I, I okay, don't, so I it's don't those know. three games out of 18? Like, uh, you know what I, like, that's my point. Is Like, you could count on ha- on one hand the, the worst games than that. You know, so I, I think that, and especially for Dungy, I mean, that's the worst game that he yeah, has Dungy played. Yeah, Dungy didn't play well, especially in, in that first half. And so I, th- I think that when you, when you can, all things considered, and saying, oh, we only lost by one touchdown, like, not the worst outcome in the world. Yeah, I don't look at that as, like, they were awful on Saturday. Somehow they stayed in, and that's the the head-scratching part to me is, you know, even lose you lose the turnover battle minus three on the road against the top-ten team. You're not supposed to be in it up until the end. That's a... 
that's a three touchdown loss. That's a four touchdown loss. Right. They, they and it were, wasn't. They were down by a point in the final five minutes of the game. So it, it's again, it, it shows the the heart of this team. And I know that sounds like a cliche, but it's it's true. I mean, these guys these guys fight. They find a way. Dungey found a way even on a, a day that he was seventeen for forty one passing or whatever his final numbers were. Um, I think those were his numbers. They they find a way to, to stay in it, and and he was a big reason why they they were able to stay in it in the second half. Absolutely. Three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. We need to take one more time out here in hour number one. We'll be back after this on Orange Nation.